Well, tonight is communion night, and uh, I, I I used to preach for I don't know how many years. I preached every once a month on communion. Some people say it's hard to preach communion. I said, man, <laughs> you can preach the whole Bible <laughs> with communion. But uh, so I have never done it here, but I, so I decided that I went in and I started looking through all my notebooks with communion messages in them. And in fact, I got a, they took several of them and put them into a book called The Table That Speaks. And, and it's on communion. Uh, so I want to talk about communion. It's a time of transition. And, and actually for us, it's a time of transition into the blessings of God. Now, I want to start out by reading from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25. I'm going to read this out of the NIV. For I received from the Lord that which also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance to me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever... Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, this is Paul's revelation of the communion. Now, what we really need to understand about communion is that it goes back into the Old Testament, into the Passover, comes forward into the Last Supper that we talk about in the New Testament. The Passover was observed by the Jews because of their deliverance from Egypt. The last supper that the Lord Jesus took with his disciples before his death, burial, and resurrection, and then to us, which we call the communion uh, that we partake of today. Now, actually... The Passover and the Last Supper were actually a a, a memorial to a transition. And uh, when we take of communion, we are talking about a transition. Now, as we look back into the Old Testament to when the Passover was instituted... It's in, found in Exodus 12, 3 through 14. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if a household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need, shall, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and over the lintel or over the top of the house where they are eating it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire and unleavened bread with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. 
Do not eat it raw or boiled at all in water, but roast it in the fire. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. What remains of it until morning, you shall burn in with the fire. And thus you shall eat it with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your, in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I take strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord your God throughout your generations, and you shall keep it as a feast by the everlasting ordinance. Now here we see that God is fixing to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. We have, uh, we have a song we used to sing. Some of you may have sang it, When I See the Blood. It says there, when he sees the blood on the doorpost and over the top of the door, that he'll pass over. That's the same as the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ being applied to our hearts. It's the same thing. Now, he says that this day should be a memorial, and you should keep it as a feast of the Lord throughout the generations. And they did that. The Israelites, they were instructed to be ready to eat the meal in haste and to be ready to go, to be delivered. Now, here, by partaking of the Passover, the Israelites were positioning themselves for a change, a change of location from Egypt to the promised land, a change of status from slaves to being free, a change of leadership from the tyranny of the Pharaoh under the leadership of Moses, a change of provision from not having enough to God's miraculous supply. Now, when the Israelites partook of the Passover, change began to happen. You see, here we need to understand that this was an ordinance established by God. Now, when we begin to see that they had established this through the years. They, on the 14th day of that month, it was a memorial. We have a memorial day in May. We have many holidays, but that's a memorial day, we call it. This, it said here, he said, this shall be a memorial. Now, Whenever they did this, the death angel came through, but he didn't touch any house that had the blood of Jesus applied to it. And they were ready, they were to be ready to transition. Now, let's go here to what we call the Last Supper. Actually, this was actually this feast of Passover, this memorial of Passover that Jesus was honoring that night, it was their memorial feast. And so in Luke, it says, 
when the hour had come, he sat down with the 12 apostles with him. And he said to them, with fervent desire, I've desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Now, many people think that this means that the marriage supper of the lamb, and I don't have time to go into eschatology and teach all of that. But he said, I, I will no longer eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Now we are fulfilling it here. He will eat with us when we have what they call the marriage supper of the lamb. That's over when we all are taken out, taken to heaven. Then he it said, he took the cup, gave thanks and said, take this, divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and, and gave it saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant of my, of my blood, which is shed for you. Now here they are at the Passover feast. And as they are finishing this, Christ knew that he was transitioning from, from humanity being the son of man unto the son of God and would die on the cross. Now, can you have any idea or imagine what went through his mind as he broke that, broke that bread? He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. As, <laughs> to get a picture, the broken pieces of bread that he was passing out was his body that would be mutilated and broken for our physical healing. That's what the Bible says. And then he, he is going to suffer this in just a, a very short period of time. Some, some people say a 24 hour period. Some say a 48 hour, but it, it is in that, it's in that, it's in that time frame, sometime, somewhere. And then think about, it, he took this cup and he said, I'm going to spill my blood on Calvary. And this is a representation of that. Now uh, go back to the Israelites with the blood of the lamb that they put on the doorpost. Now this is a, he says, I am going to shed my blood for your salvation. So now he is instituting a new ordinance and he is telling them to do this. So the cup and the bread represents the communion. See, we had the Passover, the Last Supper, and the communion. Every one of those marked a transition. The Israelites from slavery to freedom out of Egypt. The Christ going to the cross and having being a transition 
for us to receive our freedom. You see, many times people do not understand all there is to understand. This table, this communion table, is the gospel without ever saying a word. The bread and the juice representing his shed blood, the bread representing his broken body. Now, when we come to take communion, we need to realize that this is a transition for us from our life's problems to the promises of God. Paul said, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Now he's writing this, but evidently he had passed this on to them already in a verbal content of some type because he said, he, he said here, he said, for I received the Lord what I also passed on to you. So evidently he'd already passed it on to them. And now he's rewriting it to them in print that the Lord Jesus on the night he was prayed took bread. Now, when did he learn this? After Paul was saved on the road to Damascus and then went in and was filled with the Holy Spirit there, he, God took him for three years down in the Arabian desert and taught him all of these things. What we call in Bible school and seminary, what we call the Pauline revelation, the revelation that Jesus gave to Paul. That's the simple explanation. We call it the big term, the, the theological terms is the Pauline revelation. <laughs> And, and when he had, he, when he, night he was betrayed, took bread. When he gave thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, I want you to notice that when they established the Passover, he said that this is a memorial and you shall keep this feast. Now, when he is establishing this Communion, he is saying, this is, this is my body. This is my blood. You do this in remembrance of me with the cup and the bread. The cup represents the blood. The bread represents the broken body. This means that we can receive all the benefits that the word of God says had has for us through these two things because of his broken body and because of his shed blood then all the promises of God belong to us and we remember that by partaking of the Lord's Supper we walk in a land that we're supposed to be free to worship as we please and so forth and so on. But it is because that men and women gave their lives and gave of themselves that we could have this freedom. And we recognize that on Memorial Day. Is that not correct? We, we remember them. We remember Jesus every time we take a communion. 
Now, he didn't say when we were supposed to do it. He said, as often as you do this, you're doing it as a memorial, would be another better way of saying it, as a memorial unto me, you are remembering what I did for you so that you could live free. That's what we're saying when we have, when we have Memorial Day. We are remembering those that gave their lives so that we could live free. You know, when, when, when we begin to look at this, because of the communion table, we transition from unrighteousness to righteousness. Because of the bread, we transition from sickness and disease to health. And, you know, when we, trans- when we partake of this, we transition out of fear and doubt into believing what God says. When we transition with this, we are saying, I am doing this in remembrance of what you have done for me. And because of that, I live a life free from sin. I live a life free of lack and disease because of the communion table. The Passover was a transition time for the Jews. The Last Supper was a transition time for Jesus. And the communion should be a transition time for us. Every time we partake of communion, it should be, we should be remembering what God has done for us through the blood of and sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now we transition into the life of God through Jesus Christ. Through our redemption. As we partake of this communion tonight, and I didn't talk very long, but let us realize that we are saying all that he provided through his death, burial, and resurrection is mine as we partake of this table. We, as we partake of this, we are giving thanks for his life that has redeemed us from our sin, that has healed us from our sicknesses. So, we also need to let this be a time that we say, thank you, Lord. We remembering you. And I thank you that I step into all the blessings of God. I transition into all the blessings of God. Many people never realize the connection between the Passover, the Lord's Supper, and communion. They are connected. They are connected. Each one of them had a certain purpose that was all leading up 
to this final communion table, the table with the memorial for the Israelites for the Passover, redemption from our being redeemed out of slavery, out of Egypt, to the last supper that Jesus instituted, saying, this is for me. I am transitioning to give my life so that you can have life. And now when we accept that and partake of this, we are saying, we are remembering you, Jesus, what you did, and because of what you did, I have life and have it more abundantly, according to what the Bible says. I know this is a short explanation, but I thought maybe it might be helpful to somebody. Did it, did it help anybody? Did you... <laughs> So many times we don't connect all the dots. And so many times ministers will minister and they minister on one certain portion. And that's that's okay. But sometimes we need... See, I could have just talked about communion itself. But I wanted to go back and connect the dots for all three of these. Because all three of these culminate in this table right here. Amen.